0: The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracetysd.com.
1: And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of Paul. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. And when we had parted from them and set sail... We came by a straight course to Kos, and the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patara. And having found a ship crossing to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had come in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left, we sailed to Syria and landed to Tyre, for there the ship was to unload its cargo. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. And through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we departed and went on a journey, and they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city. And kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived to Ptolemy, and we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for one day. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day, Lord. And now we ask that your presence be here today. May you help us open our hearts and our minds to receive your word, to receive your grace, your forgiveness, and your love, Lord. Humble us today, Lord, as we listen to Randall, as he speak, um, what he's going to teach to us today. Be with, all, be with us all. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.
0: Hey, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Randall. Um, I'm Pastor of Grace City, and uh, this morning we're going to continue in the Book of Acts. And so, if you got your Bibles today, we're in Acts 20, uh, as A read verses uh, 26 or, or 20, verse 36 through 21 uh, into verse seven, and. Um, Today we're, we're, we're continuing this journey uh, with Paul. Uh, we've seen at the beginning of the book of Acts uh, where Jesus uh, says this is what the church is and he sends out his disciples and God starts to radically change lives and then uh, we see Paul get transformed by God and go on these missionary journeys and so we're, we're joining up with Paul as he's, he's wrapping up these missionary journeys and what we find over the years of, of serving God is that he's formed and forged uh, forever friendships. Forever friendships. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about forever friendships that we see uh, here in the book of Acts. And, and my prayer as, as believers is that we start to see that that's something that we can have in our lives as well. See, here's the thing. We all know this. We all need friends. Uh, but in many ways, we live in an age where there is a famine of lasting friendships. A famine of lasting friendships. Mother Teresa once said, The greatest disease in the West today is not TB or leprosy. It is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine, but the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. The poverty in the West is a different kind of poverty, it is not only a poverty of loneliness, but also of spirituality. And so what we see in this quote is two worlds coming together, right? We see the, the loneliness that many of us experience in our own lives uh, intersecting with also the spiritual part of it where, where there's an emptiness. Where, where we look at this world and we say it's not quite what it should be. We lose a loved one and we say I, I, I hope that I see them someday again. Right? There's something in us that says that there's, there's something more. Forever friendships. See, in our lives, we have spheres of relationships. Neighbors, family, romantic relationships. But the sphere, sphere of, of friendship is in many ways neglected until we realize we need it. Uh, the best illustration that I've heard on this is, is that um, friendships are kind of like air. You know, you don't walk around saying... Um, I need air, I love air, 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 air. Like, oh, I'm so happy that there's air today, right? But, but you know when you do, it's when you go underwater and you say, air, air, I love air, I need air in my life, right? The same thing is true with friends. You go around, you don't say, I need friends, I need friends, I need friends. But here's the thing, when you go emotionally under, you do, you do, you say, I need friends, I need friends to walk through this life. I need friends to go with this through, right? There's something in us that cries out, and we say we need these things. And so why is it so hard to build these type of friendships in our culture? Well, some of it is mobility, and we know this in San Diego, right? We're a very mobile city where where people are, are coming and going all the time. Timothy Keller says, because of mobility, we live in a culture where friends are taken from us faster than we can forge them. You ever had that? Right? It was like you were building this great relationship with someone and then they're moving. They got a new job somewhere else. Friends, do you know that you and I live in a culture that is more transient than ever before? Mobility is easier than ever before. And we're, we're feeling the effects of this. See, we live in a transient city and some of us have learned or are learning not to want or need Friends. And so what we do is we build walls. We we put up protection. We say to ourselves, well, I don't really need people in my life right now because um, if they leave, then it's going to be really devastating to me. See, there are all kinds of reasons why we build these walls. Uh, But if we live long enough, and what we'll see is we'll probably, uh, in this city long enough, we'll probably see somebody move away, um, somebody uh, who's going to pursue another job and leave the job that they're currently at and maybe your coworker is a friend or whatever it might be. And we say to ourselves, I'm not ready to start over again. I don't wanna start over again. I remember there's this season in, in, in me and in my family's life where uh, me and my wife had these great friendships, like right in the same life stage, we, we had this little small group together and then all of a sudden we looked around and all those people had moved away. All those people were gone. We found ourselves like, what happened? And so maybe that's happened to you, living in San Diego, and, and mobility has taken some friendships from you. Another part is this. In our culture, there's an illusion of friendship. And so uh, we've seen this, right? We, we see social media, which like, it says everybody's a friend, right? Friend, 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 or I can unfriend you at any moment. And so there's this illusion to friendship, and so we've watered down what friendship really is we've kind of lost that that meaning being able to say okay this is a friend this is somebody that's in my life another part is time we live in a busy uh, culture that's coming and going many times we don't prioritize friendships and when we turn around we have none but what we see in the life of Paul is that God said you're gonna stay here in this community in Ephesus for three years and you're gonna go from house to house you're gonna go out in public and what's going to happen is you're going to build some friendships here. And so we get to Acts uh, 20 uh, at the end in verses 36 and uh, all the way to 21.7. And we find that uh, this is this farewell speech that's going on to, uh, from, from Paul to his dear friends. His dear friends, and we get to listen in on that. You know, the, the author, uh, Luke, uh, is, is writing here. What we're gonna say, see is that there's a point where he says, we, 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 we. So Luke, the author, is here listening in, and he's seeing this happen. He says, this is important. I, I need to write this down. I need to record this, because this is, this is a moment that, that needs to be uh, remembered, And so last week, we went through uh, Acts 20, and we talked about what it means to have godly leaders, and and specifically elders, and what does that look like to be a pastor, right? But then we get to this section now where where it's like, what what are they? They, They're not just leaders in a church. They're friends. Friends. And so what can we learn today about friendship? Well, like we talked about, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, sailed south. He passed Ephesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem, because he wanted to get there by Pentecost. And so we saw that um, in uh, Acts 20, verse 16. Uh, but he stops, right? There's something in him that says, I got to stop. I can't pass by those, those people that I was with for all these years. I can't, I can't just go right by them. I want to get to where I'm going, but I got I to gotta talk with them. I got to meet with them. And so he stopped about 20 miles south of Ephesus um, in Miletus. He sent for uh, these elders, these pastors from the church in Ephesus. And, and people speculated. He so said, why did he not send for all the people? And many believe that, that the reason he didn't was because it would have been too hard. It would have just been too hard for him to leave. So he's like, I, I got some things to share with, with these elders. Uh, send for them. Bring them over here. I need to talk with them. Um, but, but what we see is this is a very, very difficult uh, thing for Paul to do. Uh, see, again, these, these weren't just leaders. These were, these were his friends. And what this is, in, in many ways, it, just like in the life of Jesus, Jesus had a, a farewell discourse to his friends in the Gospels. We see that the same thing is happening in the life of Paul here as he's having this, this discussion and this heart to heart with his friends. And so the question is as we look at this today, as we look at this text, how can we forge these forever friendships? These forever friendships. You know, one of my, the things that my kids say is they say, You're my BFF. You ever done that before? You're my BFF. You're my best friend forever. See, there's something in us that wants that. And so today, like, we're going to look at, like, what does this look like? Well, so the first one is this. Through a sensitivity. Number two, through a commitment. And number three, through a commonality. Sensitivity, commitment, commonality. So number one, uh, sensitivity. Look at verses 36 through 38. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. And so... In verse 36, it says, uh, when he had said these things. Now, what things did he say? Well, we're going to revisit back in verses uh, 31 through 32. He, sa- he told him, he says this, Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not uh, cease night and day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I command, uh, commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. What, what, did, what are the things that he said, said to them? Well, well, part of it was this, that he was giving them, he gave them his all. He gave them his heart. Uh, I, I love that quote from, from Jim Elliott. It's kind of a paraphrase, but basically he said, it, 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 be wherever God's placed you and be all there. Be all there. Right, one of the things that we have a problem with in our culture is being all there when we're there. Because we're thinking about the future, we're thinking about where we're going to be going, and it's easy for us to think ahead instead of being there, being in the moment. And what Paul said is that God brought him to Ephesus, said it's time to slow down, and I need you to be there, to be there with the people. Because like we talked about last week, we saw that that Paul, it says that he admonished them with tears. And when you admonish with tears, what does that mean? That your heart's wrapped up in this as well. That it's not just something that you're doing or putting on a show, but, but his heart was there with the people. Tears of joy, tears of sorrow, t- tears of experience, experiencing God together. Right, we see that there's something real that was happening there in Paul's life where it says, I admonish everyone with tears and here's what he says he says now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace here's the thing with Paul he's saying I'm handing you over the the most important one in your life is God is God and so he says he commends him to God and to the word of his grace what is that grace it's the gospel friends here's the thing Paul knew what they needed more than anything was not a word of more to do. Not a word of, hey, here's, the, here's all the things that you got to do that I'm going to put that on your shoulders and put this heavy weight of responsibility. No, because he knew that they couldn't handle that. And neither could Paul. What he, what he gave them was a word of grace from God. It was the, the word that God can do it. And it's, it's ultimately not going to be on your strength, but on God's strength. And so I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to leave you with the message of the gospel. I'm going to leave you with Jesus, which he says is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. What inheritance? Friends, we know this it's that forever inheritance. It's the reality that you and I, death is temporary, life is eternal. How is that possible? It's what we sang about today. When we sang that that the tomb is empty, right? Praise God that the tomb is empty. Why? Because we can know because Jesus is alive that we're gonna be alive forever too. That's the message of Christianity. That you and I, this isn't it, this isn't over, but there's an inheritance that is beyond this life, this world, beyond what we can see right now. It's the fact that when I sit at those funerals, that it doesn't have to be the end. Right? There's something in us that, that desires that or wants that. And what he's saying is that's all wrapped up in Jesus and it's possible. That there's hope there. See, Paul openly shared his heart with the people. It says that he knelt down, he prayed with them all. And what we see here is there's, there's a sensitivity to it all because it says there was much weeping on the part of all they embraced Paul and kissed him Um, about verse 38 uh, one commentator Daryl Bach points out he says Paul and company now head to Jerusalem after tearing themselves away from their friends the Greek term indicates the emotional difficulty of the departure it's It's very difficult to tear himself away from his friends as he's seeing them for the very last time. I remember in college, my friend josh we we all we all went and did our summer internships at different places. He went to a camp. He was cutting down a tree at this camp. It was a Christian camp. I got the phone call that that that, that while he was there, that tree fell on him, and he died. And that summer in college, I never thought that I, I would never see my friend Josh again. But it was that phone call that I realized, that's it. But what I know is that he's with the Lord. That there's a forever friendship there. And what we're seeing here is that there is this sensitivity of knowing that, yes, this is temporary, but it's hard. It's hard. And there's a sensitivity to what is going on because they're in the moment. They're in it, right? They're experiencing it. They're feeling it. They understand it. What's happening here? This is real friendship. They are connected. And they understand the moment. Proverbs 27, uh, verse 14, says something interesting. It says, Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, will be counted as cursing. (laughs) What's this talking about here? It's talking about somebody who's not emotionally connected or sensitive to the other person. And so they wake up in the morning. They're loud. They're they are loud they they do not care about you necessarily. They're just like, "Hey, what's up? How's it going this morning?" You're just you wake up. You're like, "What's going on? Why, why why are you speaking so loud right now? Why you gotta bring that energy right now?" You know what I mean? It's it's like there's an emotional disconnect to what's happening. <laughs> That's not a friend. Right? It's hard that you're a neighbor to that person. But the, the fact that, you know, it's like, okay, the, there's a, an emotional disconnect that's happening here. What he's saying is, is, is that a true friendship has an emotional connection and they, they understand what you're going through. They're sensitive. They're like, man, you know, they're probably not a morning person, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm just not going to go there this morning. You know, there, there's a sensitivity to understanding if you put yourself in the shoes of another person. And if you want to build a strong friendship, you have to be able to do that. And you have to be able to put yourself in the position of another person and say, okay, what are they like? What, what are they going through? Because the Bible instructs us to, to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. And what does a, a, a friend do? They weep with you when, when you're weeping. They, they mourn with you when you mourn. And they're joyful with you when you're rejoicing. They're happy for you. There's a connection. There's a sensitivity there. And what we see is they are in the moment. These friends are in the moment. And they're understanding that, okay, I'm, I'm connected here. See, how do we become more uh, connected like this? Well, like we said last week, I mean, Ezekiel 36, 26 tells us that Jesus gives us a new heart. He gives us a new heart. And so your heart becomes more of a heart. And he gives us a heart, takes a heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. And Jesus moves into our life and we start to feel things. And there becomes a sensitivity to understanding what's going on with other people, not just myself. It's the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. See, and this is what friendships are built on. Secondly there's a commitment. Uh, look at verse 4. It says in having sought out the disciples we stayed there for 7 days. And through the spirit they were telling people not or telling Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Okay, so there was a commitment here because it says that, that there was they stayed for 7 days. And here's what this commitment looked like. Uh, looked like uh, the first one is that there was a commitment to seek out. Uh, verse four says, having sought out the disciples. There, there was a pursuit in friendship. Right? There was a pursuit in relationship. They were, Paul was pursuing the disciples. Hey, I'm in town. Hey, I'm here. You ever had people you know that come into town and then you realize it? And you thought you were friends, but then you see it on Facebook that they were in town and then they're piecing out, right? And you're like, I I didn't even know you were here. I didn't even know you were there. Like, you know, like that type of thing. Well, Paul, it says that he was seeking out these disciples saying, hey, I'm here. I'm in town. I'm available. What do we see from these friends? There's a commitment to protect. Uh, Verse four. Through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Now, what's their connecting point? Well, we talked about this before that their connecting point was God. Their connecting point was that God was working in their life and they were listening to one another and they were saying, hey, um, Paul, see, here's the thing with Paul Paul was not just like independent, running on his own, doing his own thing, but he was actually listening and receiving from others. It's another part of friendship, right? It's being able to receive from others things that maybe you don't want to hear. Because here's the thing. Paul, remember what was happening. Paul was heavily pursuing Jerusalem, saying, I'm I'm supposed to go there. That's where I need to go. I need to go to Jerusalem. I need to get there before Pentecost. I need to go to Jerusalem. Disciples are saying, no, Paul, Listen to us, you're not supposed to go there. Don't go there. His friends were trying to protect him. There are things that come into our lives that aren't on our schedule or agenda, and our friends may, might be a part of that, right? They might come in at a certain time and, and say, hey, it, it's, don't go that way, or don't, I don't know if that's the right thing. You, know, or you ever had that friend that's like, hey, I don't think you should be dating that person. You know, I don't, I don't think you should be, you know, like, eh, I don't know. No, I got it from here. I don't really want to hear that. You know, that type of thing. And then you're like, you circle back. Yeah, you were right, man. I, I just should not have done that thing. You know, like, but, but the thing is, it's connected with prayer. It's connected in God Right, they, they were in tune with God and they were feeling for Paul and they're like, hey, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is it. But there's a commitment to protect him. Lastly, there's a commitment to advise. Okay, and through the spirit, they were telling Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Isn't it good to have friends in your life that give you advice? Or that come alongside and say, hey, like, even if it's unwarranted sometimes, right? Like you're like, I didn't ask for that. You know, I wasn't really feeling I Okay, you're my friend. Okay, what what do you have to say? You know, one of the things um I've been coaching with uh Andrew over here, Coach Andrew, and um he's been like literally like the the, the one who's like there He's like, he'll just, he'll just like tap me on the shoulder. Coach Randall, it's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Like, like it's going to be okay. Just kind of settle down. Like Laura, my, my wife's like, man, he, he's like, he's like that. Like, I don't know if you watch Ted Lasso, but he's like beard, like the guy who's like there, like the wisdom, you know what I mean? Just like right here with you, man. And, and, and the thing is like, he gives me advice. He gives me advice. And I'm thankful for it. I'm really thankful for it. It, It's it's been such a great season, being able to be together and and hang out. I hope you feel the same way, Andrew. But but I feel like our friendship is stronger, you know, and you need those people in your life. Because yesterday I told him, I said, I feel like God sent you to be here with me and to be with the the, the kids. And, And I really do. Proverbs 27, six says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. What does the wounds look like sometimes? Telling you that you don't have it all together? Telling you that, hey, maybe you not, might not be right on this? Telling you, hey, think about this in a different way? Friends actually tell you those things. It says that enemies uh, multiply kisses. What does that mean? It, it means basically that they tell you exactly what they, you want to hear to your face and they'll talk about you behind your back, right? This guy doesn't listen at all. They don't listen at all to what I'm saying, you know what I mean? And so to have a real friend, and what we see here played out is there's this commitment for them to protect and advise and and help Paul as he's working through uh, the end of his life here. Um, Lastly, there's a commonality. Look at verses five through seven. And kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship and and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, uh, we arrived at uh, Telemus and we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for one day. So what was it that bonded these friends together so deeply? Well, it was a common foundation in Jesus. Do you see all the we passages here? We see this at different parts in the book of Acts, but like I said before, we see it here again. Uh, The we section is what it's called. Uh, We prayed. We went. We had finished. We arrived. We greeted and stayed. And what we find in this text is is there's this memorable moment. Because look at the end in verse 5. It says, kneeling down on the beach. Kneeling down on the beach. Right? You think about moments with your friends, like you have these highlight moments, or maybe there's a picture that, that, that sticks out in your mind. This was the picture for them. Kneeling on the beach, they're praying together. See, these, these friendships were meaningful as they were connecting with God and one another. C.S. Lewis once said, In friendship, we think we have chosen our peers, In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our births, a few more miles between certain houses, uh, the choice of one university instead of another, the accident of a topic being raised and not raised at a first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, ye have not chosen me but I have chosen you. Can truly say to every group of Christian friends, "Ye have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another." The friendship is is not a reward for our uh, discriminating or or good taste and having or finding another out. It is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. Isn't that a beautiful visual here of of God, the, the orchestrator of friendships, bringing people at certain times and seasons into our lives? And could it be that God is bringing people into your life at the time that you need it the most? See, there was a commonality and a bond here that God was at work, that God was working. And so what can we learn about friendship today? Uh, just some takeaways. The first one is this. There are seasons of friendship. There are seasons of friendship. Right? At, at some point, friendships end. Right? There, somebody is going to, to, to pass away at some point. Something's going to happen. Maybe, maybe something uh, tears you apart from, from somebody else and, and they move from one place to another. Right? There are seasons of this. And so understanding that is really important. I think about some of the, the friendships that have been in my life and, and the, the, the seasons that we had together, right? That doesn't mean we're not friends anymore because I still talk to them uh, on the phone and we have that ability to do that. Uh, but just understand that that season when we were together uh, living in the same street, living uh, in, in the same dorm, whatever it might be, those seasons have passed. And to celebrate that and, and know that there's, there's good things that God did through those seasons, right? But understanding that there's new seasons that God wants to do in your life and, and bring people into your life to, to be those, those friends uh, that you never thought you knew you needed. And so there are seasons of friendship and just understanding that. And it's okay to mourn that at times. Say, man, I wish it was like that again you know, but, but just kind of knowing that, okay, this, this, is a, this is a journey that God has me on. And, and so there, there are, like, again, like C.S. Lewis talks about, he's like, there's ends on that journey. Nice little ends that you can stay in along that journey, but, but that's not the end point. It's not the end point, right? Um, so the next one is there's a diversity in friendship. I love this. In verse 5, it says, we departed and went on our journey and they all with wives and children accompanied us, uh, accompanied us until uh, we were outside the city. Uh, what we see here is there's this, this beautiful diversity within the friendships. It wasn't just like one season of life and so all of us are going to stick together because we're all this one age or, or one uh, season is singles or whatever it might be. Right, but there was like this, this beautiful like, diversity that was brought together. And here's the thing. We need friendships with people in different seasons of life than us. We need it. How do I know? Because that's how God designed the church. As multi-generational. Right? As multi-generational. And so the fact that, that you could be in a different season of life and learn from another person in another season of life or teach somebody in a different season of life is a part of what the church is. So I encourage like, college students, I say, you know, like, find a church home where you, can, where you can build relationship and build relationship with people outside of just your demographic, your age. Because there's, there's things that we can learn in that. Right? There were people that poured into my life at different seasons that, that were older than me, that I looked up to, and I'm so thankful that took that time to pour into my life. And friends, what we see here is that that, that the church has different seasons and different people coming together and God bringing them together in this beautiful friendship. Uh, Next is there's more to friendship. See, friendship is not meant to just stay on the surface, but meant to go deeper. Uh, Proverbs 18, 24 says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A friend who sticks closer than a brother. What is that saying? Well, it's saying that, you know, when when it comes to life, there, there are times where you might be close with your family and you might be close with your relatives and maybe you might not. But it's saying that with friends that come into your life, they might become like your brother or your sister. To be there in times where maybe your brother and sister aren't or can't be. Maybe you're far from home. Maybe your family's somewhere else. But the fact that there's people that can come into your life and be that type of family is what, what, what the Bible encourages and says that's actually the reality of the kingdom of God. What did Jesus say? He walks out. He says, who are my mother? Who are my brothers? Those who follow the ways of God. He's saying there's, there's actually a, a, a relationship with God that can bind you together with somebody that much deeper than maybe even a relative. And so, there's more to friendship. Lastly, there is a longing for eternal friendships. I've shared this story with uh, you all before, but I think it kind of helps shape who I am. You know, I remember asking my dad one time, I said, Dad, why'd you name me Randall? Like, there's no Randalls that I've ever met. Like, why'd you name me Randall? That's such a weird name. And, uh you know, it's like the only, the only Randalls you see are like the bad guys on a movie or something. You know, like on Mon- I always get like the Monsters, Inc. like Randall, you know, like, oh, yeah, he's the bad guy. Like not all Randalls are bad guys. OK, so here's the thing. I said, Why did you name me Randall? And he said, you know, I had a friend when I was growing up who one day we, I invited him to come with me to hang out. His mom said he couldn't hang out with me, so he went to another friend's house. And that day, uh, he got a gun with one of his friends, accidentally got shot, and he died. He says his name was Randall. And so, when I was in high school, I just thought to myself, one day I'm going to have a son, and his name's going to be Randall. And so that's why your name's Randall. and, I think about, like, why did my dad do that? You know, like, why? It's because he wanted to remember his friend forever through his son. Through his son. And when I think about the message of the gospel, and I think about, like, what what does this forever friendship look like? I think about the greatest friend that we could ever have. Matthew eleven nineteen 19 says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton of, uh, and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. A friend. A friend. The fact that the, the God of the universe was looked down upon because he came close to people like you and me and said, They, they looked at him and they said, Oh, he's a friend of those people. The son, what's the son remembered for? The forever friendship that we can have with God. That's it. The forever friendship that we can have with God. And that when you come into a friendship with him because he's invited you in, You think about Mary. What did Mary want when she saw saw Jesus at the tomb? He rose from the dead. She wanted to keep him forever. She wanted to keep him with her. See, he wasn't just Lord, he was friend. And what was Jesus' response? He said, "You, you do have me. You have me forever. My spirit's gonna be with you. I'll be there. Jesus, friend of sinners. When you know the friendship of God because of the work of what Jesus has done for you and me on the cross, when he said, you are my friend, I'll go to the cross for you, I will die for you, I will sacrifice myself, no greater love has anyone than this, that they give their life for their friend. When you see him going to the cross, you say, that's my friend. He's hanging up there on that cross for me. He's dying, he's being put in the grave for me. And then when you see him raising from the dead and you say, that's my friend. He's alive again. He's alive forever. He's seated on the throne. He's the son of God. Then what you're gonna do is you're gonna see him and he's gonna say, look, look around. Look, forever friends. We're all here, we're all here you know I'm like that I hope you do let's pray Jesus thank you thank you because of what you've done on the cross and that's sufficient for us and that's enough and that you say you can remember me there's a remembrance of our friend our greatest friend Jesus that came to die for sinners I know I'm one I know I need your grace Lord and then when Paul left his friends, he says, I commend you to God, I commend you to the grace of God. It's, it's the message of Jesus. May we look to him today. May we see that everything's wrapped up in the Son. That the name of the Son is where we find salvation in eternity, in our inheritance. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.